0: Yell and sends one the right center and deep get up
1: What's going on, ball-and-glove-loving Brewer fans? Welcome to the Brewer's Trilogy Podcast, which is affiliated with Wisconsin Sports Heroics. I'm your host, Tyler. You can find me on Twitter at tyler Kirk. You can find my writing by following or viewing the Brew and Wisconsin Sports Heroics on Twitter. Joining me today is my cheesehead-loving buddy, Trevor. He's a host of the Packers Trilogy Podcast. You can find him on Twitter at Bender underscore Trevor. Today we have our third series win in a row to recap second of which have come against the Cubs, so that is always a great feeling to have. Before we get to all that
0: action, how are you doing today, Trevor? I'm doing pretty good. Can't complain. As you said, a series win against the Cubs is always a good thing. Uh, if Wilson Contreras wasn't a bitch, it would be a sweep, like I predicted, but of course not. <laughs>
1: You know, you were pretty close when you uh, predicted Freddy Peralta's stat line. He actually went six innings instead of five, for those of you that listened to our last podcast. So he actually even did better.
0: Pretty damn good. You Can't complain about that outing at all. And really can't complain about any of the starting pitching's outings. Pretty damn good overall. So, yeah, definitely cannot complain about the starting pitching, for sure.
1: No, but we can complain about Wilson Contreras. So before we get into game recaps... I feel like we have to address this elephant in the room because (laughs) this guy is pissing off all Milwaukee Brewer fans. So if you caught his post-game interview um, after what had been Tuesday night's game when they threw behind Woodruff, he essentially admitted that they intentionally threw at him. He said something along the lines of, well, maybe throwing at the pitcher wasn't the best idea. We should have picked somebody else if you read between the lines. That's what he said. So, I know he's been beamed quite a few times here, none of which I think were intentional, and he likes to lean over the plate. So, give me your rant on Wilson Contreras.
0: (laughs) Well, we all know he's a little bitch. I hate the Cubs fans that are backing him up. Like, dude, stop fighting a losing battle. The guy's a piece of shit. And he literally asks to get hit. If you watch that one pitch where he literally leaned into the pitch and missed, he does this shit because he wants to get on base and then he bitches and is like, no, let's let's throw at their pitcher and their ace. Like let's let's just do that. That seems smart. That seems like a good idea. No, he's just a fucking dick and I can't wait to see him tear his ACL. <laughs>
1: usually don't wish injuries on people, but in this case, when you go around <laughs> shushing the Milwaukee crowd after hitting a go-at-home run, and there's a lot of factors that go into this. He, I think he has surpassed my hatred for Yachty or Molina, and that's saying mm-hmm. something. I respect Yachty, but I hate him at the same time. Contreras, I just don't respect him and I hate him, so there's a difference.
0: Yeah, I don't respect Yadi. so.
1: <laughs> fair, fair, fair. <laughs> I,
0: I respect a lot of great players, but I have never, ever been a fair of Yadi or Molina. Like you said, there's a lot of people I hate. Like Brian Urlacher, I hated Brian Erlacher, but I respected his game. Charles Peanut Tillman hated, hated him in a Bears uniform. Respect the hell out of the player. I just can't do that for Yadi. He's a piece of shit as well.
1: Well, yeah, we digress. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Let's get into those recaps.
1: <laughs> yeah, because we do have more games against the Cubs coming up here at the end of April, so a lot more dramatics are going to happen, that's for sure.
0: But anyway.
1: Game one was a 6-3 to Brewers win. It was a rematch of the Freddy Peralta versus Albert Azalea game, and it was a dandy. Peralta ended up pitching six innings, striking out ten batters, and his one earned run in his start came via a solo homer to Chris Bryant. Ozilay, on the other hand, was cruising just as well up until the sixth inning, when the Brewers managed to put up six runs in that inning. Yes, sixth inning, six runs. Luis Sirius got the party started with a pinch hit, bases clearing... Three RBI double, so that was a mouthful. It was good for Luis Arias to build some confidence there with that hit. Following that, JBJ hit a triple. and Hero went the opposite field for an RBI single, and that is how the Brewers put up all those runs in one inning, which was their only offensive inning, really, all game, but it was enough. Other key notes from the game was that Billy McKinney, who entered the game as a pinch hitter in the sixth inning, ended up finishing the game three for three, with all three of his hits coming versus left-handed pitchers. And then a very strange way to end the game was Angel Perdomo, who had just been promoted up to the big league club, was warming up to pitch the ninth, was pulled out due to the umpires not having him on the roster card that was submitted before the Brewers to begin the game. It was a very strange sequence, and then that forced Drew Rasmussen to end up pitching the ninth, and you can guess how that went given his early season struggles. He ended up surrendering two hits, a walk and two runs across the plate. So at that point it was 6 to 3 Brewers and then they had to call upon Josh Hader to record the last two outs of the game. Ends up getting a save via ground out and a strikeout. Game 2 was a 3 to 2 Brewers loss. It was supposed to be Brandon Woodruff versus Kyle Hendricks. But about 20 minutes before the game, it was announced that Alec Mills would actually start in place of Hendricks, Hendricks, who was suffering from an illness. Weirdly, the last time Mills pitched in Milwaukee was when he threw a no-hitter, so that was great, Uh, but this game was not the case. Luis Arias continued his building of confidence here. He got the party started with an absolute no-doubt home run into left field to score two runs. Woodruff pitched really good. Ended up getting into a, uh, a screaming match in the fifth inning while he was batting. Uh, so that, that was really when tensions started to flare in this game with two outs in the inning. Woodruff batting reliever Ryan Tapera's first pitch was thrown behind Brandon Woodruff. And you could read Brandon Woodruff's lips. lips. He said, that's fucked up that's fucked up. He said that two times and was given to Para a stare down. You could tell Woodruff was heated, but he kept his composure, ended up going out to pitch the sixth inning after that to pitch a scoreless frame. And that was really nice to see from maturity standpoint. In the seventh inning, we use Brad Boxberger. He pitched a scoreless inning, was touching 96 miles per hour. So another Brewers pitcher who is benefiting from an uptick in velocity here. And then the eighth inning, which I thought was a clear Devin Williams situation. Craig Council elects to bring in Brett Suter. So Brewer's having the lead here at this point. Suter ends up giving up the go-ahead home run to Wilson Contreras, who, as he hit the bomb, not only smashed his bat into the ground in celebration, but as he was approaching third base and rounding third, he shushed the Milwaukee crowd by holding his finger up to his lips, telling us to be quiet, that was just a straight cocky moment from a, a player who we've grown to hate especially more early on in the season. And then the Brewers were unable to rally. They did get runners in scoring position in the 8th and ninth innings, but were just unable to get anything across as we ended up losing 3-2 to two in the middle game. So that set up another rubber match here for the Brewers. Looking for a third consecutive series win. They get the job done in a day game on Wednesday. That was a 7-0 Brewers win. Travis Shaw came up big again. Picked up a first inning RBI along with Omar Nervaez. Shaw has been huge that way. A lot of his RBIs have come in the first inning for Brewers, and that's such a complete turn of events from last season. We couldn't score in the first inning. We we're always playing from behind. But Travis Shaw is providing a little bit of a spark here. I was coming up with that key hit early on. And then he hit a solo homer in the third inning as well. Brewers were at, stayed at 3-0 here until the sixth inning when they scored two runs off back-to-back bases loaded walks. That was a pretty neat sequence there. And then Corbin Burns proved that he could do literally everything. With the bases loaded, he picked up a 2-RBI single. <laughs> so when I say he was proving he could do everything, he was, as you would expect, just absolutely electric on the mound. Pitched 6 innings, struck out 10 batters on just 81 pitches. A lot of 98 mile power cutters. The outside part of the zone was really open, and Burns was taking advantage of that in this game. After Burns, Fierheisen gave a scoreless inning. And then Josh Lindblom, of all players who I've been hating on here a little bit, pitched two scoreless innings to complete the series win 7-0 to for the Brewers in this one. All right. With all that being said, Trevor,
0: what were your uh, extra thoughts here on the series? Like I said, to start, I mean, good series. Anytime you can win a series against a division rival is a good thing. Anytime that division rival is the Cubs or the Cardinals, it's even better. So that part of it's great. Like I said, it would have been great to have the sweep. But Beggars can't be choosers. And the Cubs are, what, tied for last in the division right now with the Pirates because they couldn't beat the Pirates in a three-game series. And now two straight series losses to the Brewers as well. Like, ha, sucks to suck. Um, So, I mean, overall, I, I definitely can't complain. My guy, Corbin Burns... Is fucking dealing apparently the longer his hair gets the more superpower he has because now he's driving and runs like just incredible stuff from corbin burns and i i, I think it's incredible this one two punch we have um and i don't know national baseball media but they need to be talking about these two more
1: yeah those are corbin burns first career rbis and actually national media there was on baseball savant there was a nice article about corbin Burns. It was trending the other day. It was it was getting pretty popular, but...
0: I was talking about mainstream media, not the nerd media. <laughs> like ESPN, Like I'm sure they're not talking enough about Brandon Woodruff, Corbin Birds. So the average fan can figure out about these two, because these two are absolutely incredible. But yes, obviously the nerd media is going to love these two, because they are just... Like I just said, they're incredible. They're... They're phenomenal pitchers, and the nerds definitely know about them. But the mainstream national media, I don't know if they're getting enough out there about these two because everyone deserves to know because Corbin Burns is winning the Cy Young this year.
1: Yeah, I don't know if we'll ever get that national media. That's just, like, not a Milwaukee thing to do. It's, you know, even, like, with the Bucks, sometimes, I feel like they – they're, they don't get it, even though they've got a, the MVP and Giannis and, and all that jazz. But digressing again here a little bit. I do want to back up to a little a key moment in the series here, and that was the game we lost. So on Tuesday night, with the Brewers ahead by—I think they were ahead by a run at that point— Craig Council elected to use Brett Suter instead of Devin Williams— What were your thoughts when you saw that? Because Suter obviously ended up giving up the go-ahead to run homer to Contreras. Could have happened to anyone, but the fact...
0: I think this kind of signals he's not fully confident in Williams yet at this point. Yeah, and Williams hasn't given him anything to trust him so far this year. He has not been the same guy so far this year. Not anywhere close to what he was last season. So I understand it. You know, looking back, obviously seeing Brent Suter there basically causing the Brewers to lose that game. That is frustrating, knowing the guy that you have in the bullpen, but also the guy you have in the bullpen is struggling. So let's get his confidence, let's get his mojo, whatever whatever he needs back, let's get that back and not dig him a deeper hole to get out of. Because if he comes in and does the same thing, personally – I'd rather see Brent Suter give that up than Devin Williams because we need Devin Williams to get back to Nor- to his 2020 self and – or at least close to it because he's going to be a big part of this team and a big part of why this team can make a postseason run. So let's get that figured out first. So, yes, it's a questionable decision. No, I do not agree with Council's decision of bringing uh, Suter in, but I – You know, I kind of get it because Devin Williams needs to figure this out. It might all be in his head. And if it's all mental, that's definitely not the spot to bring him in such a close game. Let's get him out there in a non-high leverage situation first. Get his mojo, his mental self back. Like, whatever it is, let's get him back to normal. And then let's start putting him in these higher leverage situations. I just don't know if he's there yet. He should be. But he's just not there yet with what we've seen from him on the mound in his little under three innings pitched.
1: All right, the Brewers claim they're easing him back in because he got a really late start in spring training. And it's almost, I think Kirk Council used the words like, these are still like tune-up outings for him or like getting a hold of your stuff because he hasn't had any good control whatsoever. I thought maybe there was like a lingering injury or anything going on or something like that going on. And maybe that's why they weren't pitching him, but I can't find anything like that reported. So hopefully it is the Brewers are telling the truth that they're just easing him back in. Um, But then like today we we were up by a crap ton of runs, seven runs. Why not
0: put him in there? So that makes sense. (laughs) (laughs) That's exactly what I was talking about. Today would have been the time to put him in there instead of Josh Lindblom, who, we know what we have in Josh Lindblom. He's a he's a five-plus ERA pitcher, and that's what we're going to get out of him. Devin Williams is, what, under two last year? Under one, under .5 probably. <laughs> oh, yeah, way under. Wow, I was way off. Um, I looked at his career average. His career average is 1.87. That's why I saw under two. Yeah, .33. Field independent pitching was under one. His field independent pitching right now is – so he's just not pitching well at all and that needs to be figured out like you said tyler i think today would have been a great day to do it but also if he truly is just getting back into shape to be able to pitch consistently that might show us you know this is why he's struggling so much this year as well so um Let's hold out on it. Let's see what happens. Let let's wait another series or two. And then if he's still struggling, slash we're not seeing a lot of him, then I would start to be like, okay, what's going on? But at this point, still very early, didn't have any ramp up time in spring training, all of that stuff. I think I think we're we don't have to worry too much about that at this time.
1: We'll see. I I'm gonna hold my breath. I'm I'm still worried there's something
0: injury wise going on, but
1: we'll and see with that. Way,
0: Yep. By the way, I would have actually preferred to see J.P. Fireheisen inside their suitor. That's just uh, yes.
1: You yeah. We need the
0: firebender out there. I agree. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, instead, they use him in you know the the blowout game um, for an inning when I feel like he was definitely he didn't pitch in the first game either, so he should have been available in that uh, three to two loss game which I think would have made more sense, and I think he could have really gotten us to where we needed to go. But it is what it is. It's one game, and let's just go out and sweep the Pirates. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Fair. I mean, yeah, before Suter, they used Boxberger, which I get that. He's done pretty well this year. But, yeah, eighth inning? right? Feierheisen, maybe. I'm trying to remember how many lefties came up when Suter... Was in I think obviously Rizzo was in there somewhere, but I don't really think it was a matchup thing that Craig Council was trying to play in that game. And this is now a couple times that the Brewers' bullpen has surrendered leads, right? Because starting pitching has been so good. I mean, you have Suter, who essentially, you know, he lost us the game. Drew lost us a few of our games. Devin Williams has surrendered some game-tying hits and runs. Are you at all concerned about this bullpen in general, or is this just more of like a, a waterfall because our starting pitching has
0: been so freaking good? The Brewers gave up six runs in this series, granted all but what one of two of them. So only four of them were given up by the bullpen. So I am not concerned about the bullpen. Yeah, there's some issues. If Devin Williams doesn't figure it out, I'm going to start getting concerned. Drew Rasmussen kind of needs to figure it out too but that's less important to me so like I'm just specifically looking at if Devin Williams figures it out we'll be fine because we know who Brent Suter is he's going to have games like he did on Tuesday he's going to give up some runs here and there he's also going to have stretches where he looks like one of the best pitchers in the bullpen uh so You know, him I'm fine with. Boxberger, as you were talking about a little bit earlier, he's pitching well this year. Um, No concerns there. My big concern is Devin Williams, but I'm not overly concerned about it because I think he's going to come back and figure this out. So I am not concerned about this bullpen. And the fact that we're starting to see, and it's not every game, but the Brewers put up six, two, and then seven runs offensively. That makes it easier on the bullpen. The starting pitching, that i mentioned to start this podcast has been incredible like freddie peralta fabulous outing brandon woodruff solid for him type of outing corbin burns very good outing again the starting pitching has been great which lessens the need for a dominant bullpen and i still think there's a chance that this will be a dominant bullpen we just haven't quite seen it yet Um, but it will be coming i promise it will be coming I think so too. I think so too.
1: I'm just very excited with the way this the starting pitching has gone. They've now I believe they broke the the streak of longest starts by a brewer pitcher. So they're at eight games now, where they've won at least like five innings, one earned run or less. And that was a streak that was established in two thousand eleven, if I remember correctly. So they're they're doing pretty good, I I will take all of that. So Speaking of positive thoughts, let's move on to our series MVP. And series dud. Who are you going to go with
0: for MVP today? I've been struggling with this, Tyler. (laughs) I, I honestly want to go Corbin Burns because... 10 strikeouts, six innings pitched, two hits, no earned runs, he no walks. He's incredible. Pretty good efficiency, too, in today's MLB at 81 pitches. He's been incredible, and he continued it in this outing. Then you add in the stick, and I really want to go with him, but I am going to pass. I am going to go with a young gentleman who technically only got four at-bats, but reached base on eight times he reached base he had a home run big two run shot in the second game he had the big bases clearing double um six rbis in the series he walked six times incredible so he was on base eight of ten times only four of them counted as at bats because of the walks um so 10 plate appearances but i gotta go urias it, it he was incredible and i i told you right away as soon as his double was in the first game, right? Yeah. So as soon as that happened, for those that don't know, I have cable Tyler streams and I texted Tyler and he said, God damn it. I haven't seen him swing yet, (laughs) (laughs) but I told him, this is why we bitch about players. And this is why I feel confident when I, just rag on a player and put them in my duds i feel like they have a bounce back series like 60 plus percent of the time so it it definitely was a huge bounce back for him and hopefully he can keep this going obviously he's not going to get on base eight of ten times uh consistently but if he can keep up some production like this uh start to see some some of that pop and and the effective batting it's it's going to be a fun ride if he can continue Trending in the upward direction.
1: Yeah, and I don't even think that's like a pity gone from dud to stud type of thing. Because if it wasn't for his pinch hit, clearing bases clearing double, like you said, who knows what direction that game one goes. So definitely very deserving there of MVP. I'm going to go with the starting pitcher from the first game of the series, and that's Freddy Ooh. Peralta. And I think I like him as my MVP the most here in this series because obviously we know we expect good things out of Woodruff and Burns, who delivered tremendous performances. Woodruff went six innings, six strikeouts, only gave up three hits. And Burns, as we already talked about, six innings, ten strikeouts, has yet to allow a walk this year on 30 strikeouts, which is incredible, by the way. But Peralta, especially for facing uh, the same team in consecutive starts here now, he made adjustments like the first time against the cubs he threw that breaking ball a ton early and then really used a good mix as the game went on and then in this game he kind of shied a little bit away from the breaking ball early on but then as the game went on he he just kept using it more and more and the 10 strikeouts is evidence of that and i, I didn't expect him to actually go out for that sixth inning so Kurt Counsel has some very good confidence in him there uh, I really did not believe that Freddie Peralta could become this type of starting pitcher. Like I, I had my doubts entering the season, but this breaking ball is a deal breaker,
0: and I want to reward him with my MVP of this series. Yeah, I I think that's fair. Um, I will say, Tyler, it's been what three starts for him? Let's let's calm down on the, this caliber. starting pitcher but I, I understand what you're saying if he continues on this level of pitching yeah I didn't think he'd be there either I thought you know he would be that if he could give you five innings and keep the earned runs to two or three consistently I think you could deal with that as the four or five pitcher you could deal with that and he's doing a lot better right now he's got a .69 ERA. <laughs> nice. Um, and yes, I had to say that because of that number. Um, I don't expect him to continue that, but if, if he continues to be a not only a solid number five, but like a legit number three t- in terms of his uh, stats, that's a huge boon, knowing that Adrian Hauser could do the same thing. Um, it's just this starting rotation is fun um I I love it and I love that we're starting to see some of this from the start from Freddie Peralta because we've seen this before coming out of the bullpen it is really nice to see this as a starter um obviously honorable mentions for the studs Woodruff Burns obviously deserve that I don't know if there's a ton in terms of offensive players that really deserve it they scored quite a bit of runs, but Billy or not Billy McKee, Uh Ureus had six RBIs. Um, Travis Shaw had a couple, but three of eleven. You know that's fine, but nothing spectacular. Um, obviously, JBJ with his triple, that was a fun play to watch. But outside of that, he wasn't ultra effective. Avi was was fine, not ultra productive, but he was fine. Um, Just no one really stands out to me offensively other than Urias. So those are my MVPs and then my honorable mentions as well.
1: Yeah, I really don't have anything to add to that. So let's
0: switch over to our dud. What do you got for dud? Well, Tyler, I I think this is going to surprise you. I I really do. And I'm just going to go with it because... It's a guy that I really think needs a bounce back and he needs to start playing better because it flat out just has not been good this year. And that's Jackie Bradley Jr. So he gets an RBI. He gets the triple, the double in this series. But other than that, it is a whole lot of nothing. And the, really, the thing that really makes me put him here is it's the seven strikeouts. That is the part that's very, very concerning for me. Um, he's not a low strikeout guy. Hasn't really been his whole career, but it, it is starting to kind of concern me uh, with the amount of strikeouts and the lack of hits or getting on base. He's got a batting average of 147 and, his on-base percentage is under 200 it it's just not pretty and in the seven strikeouts is what really makes me put on the put him on this list because we need to start seeing some some sort some semblance of productive outs because he needs to start getting the ball in play we don't know you know what's going on with the injuries and all that stuff so we need him to be able to step up and he has just not done that so far this year. And especially in this series, even though again, the triple was a big play, but he's just not there yet. And, and I need to kick his ass so we can see him do what Urias did this past series.
1: That's fair. I am I am concerned with those strikeout numbers, too. He's not like a super high strikeout player throughout his career. It's like the mid to low 20s, if I recall correctly off the top of my head when, when I looked all that up when we first signed him. But I will say it was nice to have him for this series because we didn't have Christian Yelich at all for three games. We still beat the Cubs, so <laughs> that's really funny. Uh, but Billy McKinney filled in really nice this series, too, so... Um, I I was also really close to putting JBJ, so I'm going to leave him in my honorable mention here group. And It's hard to pick. I don't want to pick Suter as my dud, even though, yes, he essentially cost us the game. I'm not going to go that route. I'm going to go a little bit unconventional here. I'm going to go with Daniel Robertson. So He ended up getting the start at short in the first game because Urias Pinch hit that game and got a little bit of time at, I think, second base as well too with Keston and Volgova kind of alternating at first base, but went one for eight this series, four strikeouts and a walk. Didn't contribute anything in the run production category. And this is the guy we viewed as like our super utility guy entering the season. And I would like to see his bat pick up a little bit. Obviously, we know we have Jace Peterson up right now while Wong is injured, and he just continues to draw walks. And if you had to tell me right now, who would you, you know, rather keep between Jace Peterson and Daniel Robertson? I might say Jace Peterson. So uh, I'm going to give Robertson my dud here on the series. Well, enough negativity talk. Let's uh, go into the Pirates, who are at the bottom of the division, as they they have not played their game tonight here on Thursday or on Wednesday, as we're recording this, and they do play on Thursday. But right now they're four and seven. They got two more games to play against the Padres. For them, Philip Evans is a pretty hot hitter. Uh, Brian Reynolds as well. Both of them are hitting over 300. Colin Moran is leading the team in RBIs at the moment. But after that, they don't really have anything going for them uh, offensively. The middle to end of their lineup has just been dreadful. Uh, pitching wise, here we will see a seven o'clock game on Friday. It'll be Hauser versus Brubaker. Saturday it'll be at six o'clock. That'll be Anderson versus Cahill. And then Sunday will be a one ten game for Peralta versus Cool. So what are you looking for in this Pirates series?
0: Honestly, the Brewers are the better team. Um, So I think they should continue their streak of winning series. I think that's pretty simple. They they should be able to do that. In terms of the thing that I'm going to be watching is, are we going to continue to see this version of Freddy Peralta? That's what I want to watch this series. Are we going to continue to see the guy that can put himself into you know that that three spot of a starter not that they're necessarily going to move him up right now but you know in the postseason is he going to be the third starter is he going to be that guy up there with Corbin Burns and and Brandon Woodruff can Freddie Peralta continue this kind of stretch that he's on of pitching and if he can continue to pitch like he has that's going to be a huge boon for this team there's a couple guys that if they either pitch the way they have or the way they have in the recent past this can be a very incredible team first of that being freddie peralta and then like i already mentioned devin williams if he can get back to 2020 devin williams this bullpen is then completely stacked and ready to go starting rotation is very very good and it's just going to be an exciting ride, and, and that's what I want to watch, Freddie Peralta, and for that matter, if we can see some Devin Williams start to get back to what we saw last year, that would be great as well.
1: Yeah, I think I'm going to be watching this outfield group the most. We talked about JBJ already. Lorenzo Cain is headed to the IL after coming up limping after a quad injury over the, the series against the Cubs, and and Yelich didn't play, so we'll get to see either a little bit of JVJ, Billy McKinney out there. Um, i like to see a little bit more out of McKinney. He When he's getting out, he's still hitting the ball really hard. So uh, it'll be interesting to see what Craig Council elects to do there in terms of the outfields rotation. And, yeah, I, I hope that we continue our streak of series wins here. Obviously, we have kind of like our four and five starters going first in the series, so I'd like to... You have to split those or if you take two, you're in really great shape for Freddie Peralta on Sunday then. So you're interesting to see how Hauser and Anderson both pitch because the Pirates always seem to play us really well. And they're supposed to suck, and that's always annoying. So we'll see how that goes this weekend. But we'll be back to recap that action on Monday after this weekend's series. And we will uh, talk to you at that point then, Brewer Fans.
0: Trustin Stearns.